0: I'm happy that I'm able to be here. I'm here by the mercies of God. And I know the God that I'm serving can take us on <clears throat> to higher heights than we've ever And we know that there's not anything that He can't do. Um, I'm not young. I'm not old. I am 81 years old. And I've been preaching for 70 years, so I know what this is about. I have seen the miracles that doctors said couldn't happen. I've seen the dead raised 14 times. I've seen cancers fall off and God create eyeballs while I was looking at them. God still does all of those things. Amen. I think about a thing that happened in New Orleans. A man come to church and um y'all can be seated if you like. He he told me he said I have lung cancer in one lung, and they've got to remove that lung, it's so bad, so they removed that lung, and before the revival was over, he come to me and he said, Brother Born, that cancer's now in the other lung, I said, well, you got problems, because I sure can't you take that one out, and I said, but God can remove that, and he can heal that and replace whatever he has to replace. So he come up, and prayer was made, and he went back to the doctor. He said, doctor, I need you to x-ray me. He said, something really strange happened in church the other night. So the doctor x-rayed him. He said, well, uh, I can't see nothing wrong with either one of your lungs he said, the man said, whoa, 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 wait a minute. You took the other lung out the other day. He said, uh, I don't have but one lung. He said, no, you got two lungs. And he said, there's no cancer in either one of them. Well, that's a God I'm serving. He knows how to do over and abundantly above all that we can ask or think and i'm glad that i know him in that power you know there's some that says uh we can't have these things Frank says you know the days of miracles was over when christ left the face of the earth i said well maybe for you but it's not it's not for all of us I... I I was at a hospital in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, and uh one of our ladies in the church uh, went in the hospital for back surgery and had a massive coronary arrest in the hospital and they had to hook her up the machines and the doctor says well, we can't take her loose for three days. But her body temperature started dropping and was down in the low 80s. And uh, they had a warmer under her, trying to keep her body warm for those three days. She was breathing with a breathing thing that was placed inside her to make her oper- her lungs operate. But then the doctor uh, told the family, says, we're going to have to unhook the machine this morning. Said, said... Uh, your wife has been dead now for three days. But the law makes us keep them on a the machine for these three days. And so I, I, I walked in that hospital, Forest General Hospital in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. And uh, I walked over to the bedside, and the RN in charge of the intensive care unit walked up to me and said, uh, Sir, uh it's sad that we have to keep them on a machine like this. This woman's been dead for three days and said, um, the doctors are over there in that corner. they're fixed to come over and unhook the machines, and then you got to go out and tell the family that it's over so i I said, well ma'am would she she wasn't a Christian lady, but i said would would you just take me by the hand and i Got her this hand, I believe, and I said i'm I'm going to pray for her one more time, and we're going to see if God won't perform what he says he can do. And so just a simple prayer on that third day, I hadn't left the hospital because family wanted me to stay with them, and when I laid hands on her, she opened her eyes. And she looked at me, and i just done like that. And the nurse says, I've, I've got to go. And she started trying to get loose from me, and I wouldn't turn her loose. <laughs> I shut down on her hands, and she said, you've got to let me go. I said, no, 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 I want you to watch this. And Sister Price started breathing on her own. And I said, ma'am, when I turn you loose, you can check her body temperature, and I'll grant you it will be 98.6 she's breathing without the machine now she's overpowered that machine and she'll walk out of this hospital she finally twisted my fingers till she got loose and she started calling code 96 or something and um, the doctors come running and they looked at me and they said sir you're going to have to get out of the room and I thought Man, what have I got to get out of the room for? You all fix an unhooker, and I beat you to it. The Lord beat you to it. <laughs> you know, people who say God can't do it, um, they they all mixed up. And I, I've been condemned before for saying God would do things, but I, I found a scripture in the Bible that says, that these things shall you do, and Jesus Christ speaking says, these things shall you do, and what? Greater. 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 Uh, I question what would be greater than what the Lord done, but if he wants to do it that way, I'm going to let him do it. Let me read a scripture so you think I preached. Second Kings chapter 7 and verse 9. Then they said one to another, We do not well. This day is a day of good tidings, and we hold our peace. If we tarry to the morning light, some mischief will come upon us. Now therefore come that we may go and tell the king's household. I I want to talk to you a little bit on the subject Uh, by early morning's light. By early morning's light. What had happened here? uh, Gehazi, by abusing his master's name, Uh, He was a servant of the prophet and should have been more respectful. But one day, uh, there was a man come by by the name of Naaman. And Naaman uh, had leprosy. And uh, he heard that God could give him healing. So he, he found the prophet and told him what he should do. He said, if you go down to Jordan and dip in that river seven times, uh, then you'll be healed. And Uh, it made him mad at first, and he went racing off. But uh, he finally came to his senses, and he said, well, his servant told him, says, sir, says, if he would have told you to do some great thing, uh, you would have done it without question. But he just told you simply to go dip in Jordan seven times. And if you do that, uh, surely uh, no one will see you do it. Uh, I'll get over behind a tree. But So he, he went down and he dipped in Jordan seven times and God healed him. And uh, he come back to the prophet's house. And uh, still the prophet was praying, and uh, he said, well, you go tell him, uh, you give them instructions on what to do. And uh, Gehazi followed him when he left, and, uh, because he had offered up some pretty good gifts for his healing, and Gehazi went and received those gifts. There was... I believe three and March suits and um, some other, some gold and silver, <laughs> and uh, some good shoes maybe. But uh, he he didn't want to bring that back to his house where his where the prophet lived, and so he went and hid him in a trunk of a tree. And then he went back, and when he got there, the old prophet was still on his knees praying. And when he walked in, he says, "Where have you been?" He said, Oh, I've not been anywhere. He said, uh, I, I, I saw you in the spirit take those clothes that you shouldn't have taken. And uh, I saw you hide them in a tree. And he said, The same leprosy that that man had is going to cleave to you and to your children. And the Bible says, And he went out a leper. It's a sad thing that people will get to a place that they know to do the right thing is the thing to do. But it seems more convenient just to go and do something uh, that is contrary to what God would have you do. Uh, I stand here today as an absolute miracle. Cancer from my chin down to my lower groin. 14 pounds in my body. When the doctors, 12 doctors entered my room four years ago and says he won't live to daylight. I had lost 75 pounds in just in a few weeks. And I was down for the count. But God healed me that night. <laughs> oh, Lord. You know, I went to bed or I was in bed, and it was all over. My grandson, who's now building the Home Mission Church, and he helped my hand up in my unconscious state. He said, God, this man's got too much to do, and I'm going to intercede for him right now. The doctor says he won't live to daylight. But, you know, the next morning I was hungry. Oh, Lord. And unfortunately, I've gained 100 pounds, and um, I'm having to fight to keep from going higher than that. But the God that I'm serving can do anything that we will submit to his will and allow him to do. Gehazi, because of his inconsistency, wound up with what uh, this... uh, Ruler of, he was a captain in the army, and uh, he had got leprosy, and he he come with clothes with all of that covered up, but when he talked to the uh, the servant of the prophet, the prophet said, "You go tell him to go dip in Jordan," and so when he when he done that, and now here the uh, servant of the prophet is now he has leprosy and he has to go out of leprosy. And the Bible says, and this leprosy shall cleave to you forever. And so he's gone. And then uh, seven years of famine hit the land and it looked like no one was winning. And uh, uh, there was an army come against the, the, uh, the people in this country and there was 80,000 soldiers out there. And one day, the Bible says there was four lepers. Uh, They were starving to death, and they said, we can't get inside the city. And uh, I understand that uh, a a mule's head at that point was selling for $500. And so uh, they didn't even have that. And so they, they said, this, this one man said, boys, why don't we go down uh, to the camp of those Syrians, and if they kill us, it'll just take us out of our misery. If they feed us, it'll be better than we can find because nothing is for us. And so it took them most of the night, and they finally got around there to the camp, and when they got there, just the slight padding of their army coming... And eighty thousand soldiers run for their life because four guys was coming. Oh Lord! And so they went in and they they looked around and there was there was food everywhere, Uh, some still on the grills. They had just got through cooking and was uh, and so one of them says, "Let's let's get this and put it back and we'll come back and get it later." And one of them says, no, let's let's go tell the city. They're starving to death over there. So they made their way back around, and when they got to the city, they knocked on the gate, and there was a small opening. They opened that little small opening and looked out, and and, uh, this man says, sir, uh, they have food out there, and there's nobody overseeing it. Uh, the camp is empty, not one soul there. And he says, uh, we, we need to get someone to come down and get some of that meal and bring it in. And so they, they, they took 20 wagons and sent down to that place and loaded them down with flour and cooking things. And they come bringing it back. And when they got to the gate of the city, uh, they opened the gate and let them in with all of those wagons. And then the king, he says, who brought this? How did we find this? Who told them? And he said, well, there was four lepers at the gate a while ago, and they told us that this, this stuff was over there. And so uh, we went and got it, and, and we brought it back. And the king says, well, I, I, I need to at least thank those lepers, so they sent a man out and he said, We can't find any lepers. And then uh, finally, they said, Well, we're looking for four lepers that brought us a good report. And uh, one man says, Well, I, I'm, I'm one of them, thinking that he, his life would be taken. And he said, No, 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 we're looking for lepers. He didn't even know that he had been healed. He didn't know that the leprosy was cleansed out of his body. And he said, well, here's my three sons. They have leprosy. And he looked, and they didn't have leprosy. And uh, he said, uh, bring me up. Uh, let, let, let me let me talk to those guys. So they brought them up the stairs, and they were sitting down talking to the king. And uh, there was... Uh, this lady was standing out there and she was crying out. She says, King, help me. She said, I, I lost all my land. We have nothing. We have no food. Help me. Help me. And uh, the king refused to even answer her. And finally she cried out. She says, I, I, I know that man up there talking to you. And he said, uh, do, do you know this lady? And so the man looked down, and he said, well, yes, I do. I do know her. She said, He said, you know, uh, my name is Gehazi, see, on me, and it said that it would never change. I would die with leprosy because it was forever. But he said, when we went down there and found that food, and we come back uh, to tell them I had We started putting some back, and I I told my boys, I said, boys, we're out here because of what we're fixing to do right now. We took things that wasn't ours or should not have been ours, and because of that, we've had leprosy for seven years. Put it back on the table. We're going to tell the king. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And when they got there, they were healed of the leprosy that they had suffered with for seven years. Oh, uh, by early morning's light, by the time the sun come up, they didn't have to have the walking sticks because God had replaced fingers that had been uh, taken off because of that, you know, leprosy, you can't feel what's happening to you. Uh, my Lord, and, and I think back on my life uh, four years ago, I, I was down, and, and now I, I have no pain. None. I don't have any headaches. Oh, hallelujah. I can get in the car and drive a thousand miles and then preach and then get in the car and drive another thousand. And I don't have a pain in my feet, my legs, my arms, or my head. Matter of fact, I haven't had a headache in 40 years. The last one I had lasted two and a half years, and I would have to hold my head like this. And one, one night, I, I turned to the pastor where I was preaching, and I said, sir, if, if God don't touch me, I won't make it through the night. And I said, pray for me." And I had my eyes closed, and I was holding my head like this. And I didn't know he was figuring to anoint me in an unusual way, but he slapped me upside the head. Someone said he'd come around like this. And when he hit me, he almost knocked me to the ground. I stumbled backwards and I said, "Uh, if the headache don't kill me, this preacher just killed me. But when the sting of that slap finally let up, my headache was gone. And that was 40 years ago. And I have not had another headache since. If you have a headache, I know what to do. Oh, Lord, have mercy. It worked one time. It might work again. By morning, God could have healed you just like he healed them. That lady looked at him and says, Sir, that man, his name is Gehazi. Uh, His master come to my house one day. And my son was laying on the bed dead and says, when he walked in, uh, he walked into that room, that upper chamber, and laid down with my son and then brought my son out to me healed. And he says, that man is his servant. He said, I understand he's had leprosy, but he looked at himself and he says, "I, I, I don't have leprosy now. or or had he still had leprosy, the king would not have invited him into his chamber. If we could believe by sunrise in the morning that God could reach into your life and heal you of whatever cancer you had, there is absolutely nothing that God can't do. And I feel that before the sun rises in the morning, there will be testimonies. Oh, hallelujah. You know, my phone's laying right over there. But just uh, since I've been here, I got an email from, uh, I was in Marrero, Louisiana, and uh, at Brother Sarton's, and this, this man come up, and I didn't know him, had never met him, and he he was uh, holding his head like this. He was crying. And and uh, I walked by and I, I didn't even lay hands on him. I said, sir. And he looked at me and I said, God just healed you. And he looked at me. And now the report that he typed to me is in my phone. And it says, uh, I had a doctor's appointment. I have stage four cancer and I was dying, and someone told me if I'd come to church, God would heal me, and this was just a few days ago, so I just got the message, and uh, he said, I, I went up there and said, that preacher uh, told me, said, God just healed you, and he, he thought, how, how could God just heal me like that? I'm dying with cancer, and he said, all of a sudden, he said it was like a a fire hit him in the top of the head and it roared through his body like a burning fire all the way to his feet and said so when he got to his feet, every pain in his body left. He said, I was scheduled for a, a treatment for this cancer, and I went ahead with a treatment. I got sick with a treatment and uh said when I got through, I, I told the doctor, I said, Doctor, he said, at church the other night, something strange happened to me. And he said, uh, could could you examine me and, and see? I know I just got through with one of these bad treatments, but examine me and see if there's any cancer in my body. And he examined him, and he said, Sir, th- you had stage four cancer in the last stages you would not have lived another week but says there's no cancer there now. Yeah. You know, and, and I'm telling you, you don't have to have someone lay hands on you. You just need to believe when you walk through the doors that you met God and he healed you while you were sitting there talking about what God would, could do and he will do. Now we're not talking about ten years ago or fifty years ago, we're talking about just this this week. This is Saturday night. Uh, we're talking about Monday night. What could God do if if we just let happen? What's going to happen by early morning's light, before the sun comes up in the morning? You could be uh, as fortunate as I am without a pain in your body. <laughs> Oh, hallelujah. I don't move real fast. uh, You get 81, you don't move fast. But uh, I know what God will do because he does it for me. Hallelujah. Not only did he touch me uh, four years ago and heal me of cancer, uh, I've got these $3 Walmart glasses that I use, but I had trifocals that I'd had since I was 17 years old, and I couldn't see without them. But now, I, I, unless it's real small writing, I, I have to have, if it's real small, I've got these Walmart glasses, but I, I read my Bible, I, I read my computer, I, uh, I put sermons together, uh I drive down the road, I don't have to have any help that way, and uh, I don't have any pain, and so I, I can go for hours and hours, and and uh, oh Lord, I, I wish I could get this across to you some way, that before the sun rises in the morning, or at the sunrise, by early morning's light, you could be the recipient of the greatest thing that could ever happen to you because your body could be made whole. Oh, Lord, have mercy. This is what the man said. If we tarry to the morning's light, some mischief will come upon us. Now, therefore, come and let us go and tell the king's household. So I'm, I'm here to tell you tonight that there is absolutely nothing that you have to leave here with that you come in here with. And if God could heal me when I was uh, 77 years old and now I, I travel constantly, um, I've had one week off this year and I have one more and then I'll preach all the way to Christmas every week. So um, someone says, Brother Warren, you you can't do that. I said, who are you talking to? Uh, I I can do it because I'm doing it. Well, you're going to kill yourself. I said, how can you die without any pain? I don't have headaches, so that don't bother me. My feet don't hurt, that don't bother me. My stomach don't hurt me, the only thing that hurts me is when I can't get all the food I want, but uh I can find that pretty well when I look around. it's generally laid around everywhere, and if it's not there, I pray and God can rain it down out of heaven around my feet. Oh hallelujah and sometimes you know uh i i I have a dollar so I can put a little bit of gas in my car but one one night I was driving in and And uh, there was nothing open, and I knew that car exactly how many miles it would go before it stopped. And I looked at my speedometer, and I said, God, I can't get home tonight. You're going to have to help me. I said, Lord, uh, I've got the money to buy the gas, but I can't find a station open. And I said, well, Lord, uh, why don't you just fill up my car? And all of a sudden, my needle started rising on my gas tank. When it pegged full, I pulled over and got out of my car. And got out right in the middle of the interstate, and I started dancing. Cars had come by, and they'd slow down. I said, how y'all doing? <laughs> oh, Lord, I, feel like, I felt like I had every right to give praise to God. Oh, hallelujah. And so... God is telling someone here, uh, everybody won't accept this because I I preach all over the United States. I've preached in about 42 of the states at least. And uh, I I find that God does it wherever they believe it and whoever believes it. My Lord. He's been good to me. You know, I... Maybe I'm talking too much, but uh, I gave away 14 cars in my earlier ministry. Someone come along, and they needed a vehicle, and so I'd give them mine. I'd still have 35 more payments left on my... I'd make the payments, and, and I'd done that for years, and my wife said to me one day, she said, Sweetheart, when are we going to get a car that we don't have to give away? Or God can give us a car instead of us giving everybody else cars. And I said, well, when he gets ready, he'll take care of us. Well, uh, my car's sitting over there. It's number 18 that he's given me in a row. I'm, I'm telling you, since 1996, I haven't had to buy a car. Oh Lord! Have mercy! And now, uh, I don't need anything right now, as far as my health is concerned i have a have a good day uh I can whip anybody here. <laughs> One man challenged me when I asked, "Well maybe you can whip me." I said, "Come on and give it a try." He stood up and I thought, oh my goodness of life. I said, God, you're going to have to stop this dude. And all of a sudden he started weeping and fell across the altar. And God gave him the Holy Ghost. (laughs) Oh, dear Lord. I said, thank you, Jesus. He's now preaching the gospel. (laughs) Oh Lord, have mercy. And we think sometimes that God can't do it for us because uh, if I've been up here 20 minutes yet, I'm afraid so. If I get too long and you have to go, we'll see you in the morning. Um, I don't preach as long as I used to. I was in Chalmette, Louisiana, and... uh, I was preaching one night and I preached an hour and by that time the people were all standing around the front saying preach and I thought they meant it. So I preached another hour and they was dancing and shouting and I I preached another hour and and then it was midnight and and I wasn't through. (laughs) Oh Lord, have mercy. (laughs) It was it was 12:30. This lady raised her hand, and she said, "Sir, you telling what God can do?" She says, "I'm supposed to be at uh, Oshner Foundation in the morning." She said, "I have cancer throughout my body," and I said, "Do you have the Holy Ghost?" She says, "No, I, I'm I'm a Roman Catholic," but I, I was I was down in Uh, the quarters there in New Orleans, and uh, someone told me, you need to go to that church. They got this crazy preacher. And so she did. And I said, who's your friend there? She said, this lady has the same type cancer that I do. And we heard we could get healing here, so we come tonight. I said, are you supposed to be operated on in the next couple of hours? It's supposed to be at 7 o'clock if we get out of here. (laughs) I laughed. and I said, well, you come to the right place. And I said, all you got to do is lift your hands now, and God will heal you. And when you get to Oshner in the morning, the doctor will find out that you don't have that cancer anymore. And God healed both of those ladies. When they got to the hospital at 7 a.m. the next morning, they said, something happened to us. We want you to examine us before you have to do surgery. And they couldn't find one trace of cancer. You know, I I serve a God. You know, uh, is it all right if I sit down? we had this little boy in our church and uh he had a rare type of cancer i think there was only 30 or 40 in the world that had what he had and he they were they took him to the hospital in memphis and they was going to remove his shoulders most of his collarbone and his left and right arm he was uh 12 years old and he weighed 40 pounds. And uh they they took him to the um what's the name of that hospital in Memphis. Pardon? St. Jude. Jude. And they ex- they examined him and the doctor come out and says we must rush with this surgery. And said uh we, we told them what they was going to do, and and uh, the parents looked at me and said, Brother Bourne, what do we do? I said, well, it's your child, but if it was mine, I would tell this doctor that you need to examine him again, and the doctor was standing there, and he said, we just got through with a three-hour examination. And every cell in his body is cancerous. We can only give him a little life by removing both shoulders and both part of his rib cage. And that will the way he'll have to live out the rest of his life. I says, and if there was by chance a healing process took place after you come out of that operating room of examining this child. He said, well, you know, that don't happen. I said, "Do you want us to go through this operation with a chance that it did happen, and you're going to take his arms and shoulders out?" And I, I, I looked at them and I said, "Junior, I, I wouldn't do it. I'd make him do it." Boy, he got mad. He used some special words that uh, I don't know how or don't know want or don't want to repeat. And so they took him back in and that was at 9 o'clock and at 11.30 they come back out and the doctor was standing there and had his head down. I said, doctor, what did you find? He said, you know, we, we just got through examining him earlier and all of the cells in his body was alive But says when we went back, we couldn't find one live cancer cell in his body. Not one. And I pointed my finger at that doctor and I said, and you would have defied me and went ahead and took his arms and shoulders out and he didn't need it. I said, now, this guy, he's 47 inches tall. He weighs 42 pounds. And so we took him to the church and I backed him up against the wall and I put a line on the wall. And I said, we're gonna see how much he, he gains weight or how much he uh, grows. And so uh, three months later, we measured him again and he had grown three-eighths of an inch. And the doctor says, oh, he could stretch that much, you know by slumping or straightening out. But in three more months, he had grown three quarters of an inch. And then he had grown two inches. And today he's a tall man. And that was 25 years ago. <laughs> oh, Lord, how mercy. The doctor said because of the type of cancer he had, he would never be able to have children but he's married with four children, and now they're 16 and 18 and 19 years old. And uh, he he come to see me one day, and he said, Brother Warren, I didn't want to call you and tell you this, but I have a, a doctor's release from uh, Memphis, Texas, or Memphis. What's the name of that hospital again? St. Jude. Saying that I am cancer free and they release me from all care from the hospital. Oh Lord. I'm telling you, you can go out of here and don't believe God will do it, but I'm telling you, God will do it if you'll just say, I'm I come here fart and I'll not leave without what I need in my physical body. Hallelujah. Oh, I, you know n- not only that but uh i, I was preaching in uh, pascagoula Moss Point. and when we got they got through the singing this little girl got up from the piano and started off the platform and uh she was walking like that and i looked and she had a a sole on her shoe was 9 or 10 inches and uh it wasn't enough she was dropped as a baby and That leg never grew. It was still that little small leg and here was a nine inches sole on that shoe. And uh, I said, lady, I said, God wants to heal you of that. And so I I preached that revival and, and then I was gone nine months and I come back to that same church and And uh, that first night, I said, is the little piano player lady here? And she hadn't come to the front. She was back towards the back. And I said, would you step out in the aisle? She stepped out in the aisle, and I said, would you walk up here? And I said, "What what happened to your shoe? She said, today, I went to the doctor, and they put me on a regular pair of shoes. My leg grew out. Nine inches plus. It actually was around 11 inches shorter than the other leg. And she walked like this because uh, the shoe wasn't enough. But when she stepped out in the aisle and walked down the aisle like this without a limp, and she said, I've got on regular shoes. Boy. And, and And we think... Our problems is so big that God can't handle this. But I'm here as his servant to tell you. Because I read where Jesus said, and these things that I do shall you do in greater You tear that scripture out if you don't want it. I believe that God can give us new lungs, new eyes. Hallelujah. He can grow out our legs. He can let our hair grow. Hallelujah. He can give us jobs that we can take care of our family with. He can make our cars run that don't run. Oh, Lord, have mercy. You know how this, this lady come to church one night, and the uh, parking lot was full, and she had to park back in the back, and it was a dark spot, and she got out of her car. And, uh walked into the church and when church was over she come back and got in her car and cranked it up and drove it home but these two guys that had come to church looking for a certain molar and she had the right car and so in the dark they took the motor and transmission out of her car and had just loaded up in the back of their old pickup and she got in her car, and they had just closed their door. And they said, "Oh Lord, she's fixing to be, she's going fixing to get the surprise of her life." And she hit the start, and it cranked. And she backed out, and they cranked up their old truck, and they followed her. All across town when she pulled up in her driveway one of them guys got out and says ma'am we're not here to harm you but says uh we stole the motor and transmission out of your car and we want to put it back (laughs) she said no way i just drove here from the church all the way across town and said uh my car run good. They said, "Ma'am, I'm telling you, your motor and your transmission's in the back of our truck. And if you'll just go on inside, we'll put it in before daylight. We'll have it running again. Shall I will prove to you? I got a motor in my truck, my car." So she went around and raised the hood, and all there was was a few wires hanging down. No motor, no transmission. And they said, man, I'm just just going inside. We got it right back here, and we're going to put it in. And you think God can't do anything? (laughs) Oh, Lord, have mercy. Well, I'll, I'll quit not getting a lot of response out of some of you just looking at me like you're going to save one eye if you'd just get a hold to what I'm trying to tell you tonight (laughs) you know was was in this revival and one night after church some of the young people says man that man can you believe the way he preaches? I said I said, What did he say? Well, I don't know, I didn't understand a word he said. I said, When I preach I want you to hear every word I'm saying. Yeah. Come on. Come on. <laughs> <That's good. laughs> well, that wouldn't cost you anything. Still got time. <laughs> oh Lord, how mercy. It's kind of like my wife. She says, I'm going down to the mall a few minutes. <laughs> if you don't know what that means, you'll find out sooner or later. So I hadn't been up here but a few minutes. And I'm having such a good time. And I feel so good. My. I'll tell you like I tell folks, uh, I, I, I made a spiritual song out of this song that I, I heard, and so I occasionally sing it, and it goes like this, I feel good, I feel good, wow, I feel good, <laughs> And God can put something in you that you have not had before and take something out that only a doctor could remove from you. And it can happen before you walk through either one of these doors around here. Oh, hallelujah. Matter of fact, I don't have to lay hands on you, neither does either of these pastors here. But I'm telling you what God can do while we are speaking or while you're walking down here to around these altars, God can heal you of any disease. He can open up your ears. My Lord. You know, in the process of this cancer that I had, it was so bad, I I lost hearing in both ears. Completely deaf. Couldn't hear one sound. Someone else had to uh, take care of the services because uh, I couldn't hear a word. I, I went to doctors and they 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 couldn't help me. But I, I stuck my fingers in my ears one night and I said, God, uh, only you can do what I need. And all of a sudden, I could hear. Boy, I'll tell you what, if if you could just see the things that I've seen, you wouldn't leave here with what you got. You'd say, there Ain't no use me going without healing in my body. You say, Well, I'm old, so am I. And if God can take all the pain from me, work on my eyesight, dig the wax out of my ears. <laughs> Put strength back in my legs. Heal my heart. Touch my lungs. Oh, Lord, have mercy. He can do it for you. And, and sometimes all you got to do is just make a trip to the altar. And while you're standing there thanking God for what he's going to do, he'll do it for you. God will do it for you even as I'm speaking right now. So if you have a need, just it's just a little ways up here. I think 11 seats is the furthest back maybe, maybe 12. But uh, you come on up here and I'm telling you the God I'm serving. Oh, hallelujah. You know, I, I, I tell this where I go, and I'll tell it here. Uh, my son and I got in my car in Macomb, Mississippi, and we were meeting my brother in El Paso, Texas, and that was 11, or 1,243 miles. And uh, we left Macomb, Mississippi. And when we got to Beaumont, Texas, I was out of gas. And my son said, Daddy, we gotta get gas. I said, Well, I'm gonna go till it stops. And we went on through Beaumont, through Houston, through San Antonio, uh, hit the planes. We got all the way to El Paso, twelve hundred and forty-three miles. And I knew that car would only go about two hundred and 43 or 53 miles, and you better be somewhere close to Ethel. Well, maybe he won't do it for you, but he does crazy things for me. When I say crazy, that's the wrong word. He does wonderful things for me. Oh, Lord. If he can, if he can replace a lung that has been taken out with multiple, I believe 11 leisures. lesions—is that the way you say it? Lesions. Anyway, it was eleven big spots in that lung, and when it was removed, and now it's the other lung, and God healed that lung and replaced that one back. And boy, I. I I was in Philadelphia, Mississippi, and this man was sitting about the third seat like, like that, and I, I looked at him and I said, Hey, brother, what's wrong with your eye? He said, I don't have an eye there. I said, It's just a glob. He said, uh, I don't have an iris. I said, "Well, How old are you? He said, 72. He said, I was born like this. and says, I make it pretty good. I said, Well, you satisfied with that, or would you like to have a... I looked at him. I said, "You'd like to have another blue eye?" He said, "Well, you know, anybody'd like to have two eyes." I said, "Well, God give him another eye." And I went back to preaching. And when I got through preaching, I was leaning against the Bible saying like this and talking to Brother Dunaway. And I heard someone scream. And I turned, and this man come running. And he said, "Something's happening to my eye." And I looked, and that that eye where there was no pupil in the eye. It, That I was just twisting like that. And all of a sudden, an eyeball popped out. And he started screaming, I see, I see, I see. The next night, 26 men got the Holy Ghost in the worst storm of that country. My Lord. And God just wants to help you tonight. One person. Or 10 people or 20 people. All you gotta do is say, I believe it. And uh, you know, I, I thank God sometimes by just like getting out and praising him for a tank full of gas. And now I thank him for the 18th vehicle that I'm driving since '96. <laughs> yes, sir. Boy, the other day, uh, my wallet over there, yeah. Um, The other day, or January the 1st, I was preaching this place, and this guy said, Brother Bourne, can I help you? I said, Well, well, whatever you want to do. He said, I'm going to give you a credit card, and you can buy your gas from now on. I said, Give it here. (laughs) So since January the first, I just, just go. I pull in. I pull out that card, and I say, "Fill her up." (laughs) Oh, Oh, hallelujah! And and God wants to do something like that for somebody here. Uh, Maybe all of you. I don't know. Against every odd. You just make one step forward and say, now nah, it's mine. I'm going to get mine. <laughs> it's mine and I'm going to get mine. Hallelujah! It's, it's mine and I'm going to get mine. By early morning's light. By early morning's light. Hallelujah, hallelujah. How would you like to wake up in the morning without a pain? Oh, hallelujah. I hadn't convinced some of y'all yet, but God will still do it. Boy. just reach and get someone by the hand and just say, God, would you heal them? And they're telling God, you heal the one that i am got by the hand. God, I want you to do it. I want you to do it now, God. <laughs>